Welcome to the SMB Community Podcast with your hosts, Amy Babinchak, James Kernan, and Carl Polichuk. Produced by and for the Small Biz Thoughts community. We're dedicated to making every IT professional a successful IT professional. Did you know that the average MSP spends 10 hours manually inputting accounting data each week? That time is 120 prospect calls, building an entire Lego Death Star, or most of the content put out by Carl Polichuk in a week. Gazinta Mobius can make your life easier through accounting automation. Automatic sync of invoices, expenses, and inventory from ConnectWise Manage into QuickBooks Online in just a single click of a button. With onboarding, direct support, and regular feature releases, Gazinta is a family-owned company dedicated to making software suck a little less each day. Visit them at gozynta.com. Hi, this is Carl. Welcome to another SMB Community Podcast. I'm joined today by Chris Barber, who is both a managed service provider and on the board of directors of the National Society of IT Service Providers. Welcome, sir. Hello, how are you? I am good. So uh, your company is called Cheaper Than a Geek, which I have to say, I personally have never liked the name of that. But I like your logo and the, you got like the geeky glasses thing going on. So uh, so tell us about your business. Uh, sure, sure. So uh, started out uh, 22 years ago this month, actually. Um, and uh, originally we were a uh, residential focused IT company and uh, grew more and more into the commercial space over the years. Um, about seven years ago, seven or eight years ago, I think it was, I read this really fantastic book called Managed Services in a Month. <laughs> and it shocked my eyelids and revolutionized my business. And we then became an MSP. Oh, very good. So uh, where are you located? Uh, we're in Crofton, Maryland, which is about 20 minutes south of Baltimore and 20 minutes north of D.C. All right. And how, how big is the company? How many employees? And all that? We're a huge outfit, Carl. There's seven of us. Seven. All right. So that's a good size, seven people. So you can, you can actually uh, delegate some work and take a day off. And Do you have a, set, a service manager or are you the service manager? That's unfortunately me. But as I transition towards retirement, that will be somebody else. <laughs> uh, so, so you're young. So transition towards retirement is in about 30 years. <laughs> Dude, I wish, man. I, I, I'm not going to be able to stop working soon enough, my man. <laughs> so I think I first met you because you were coming to Sacramento and said, hey, we should do dinner and you were going to buy me a beer and all that. So thank yeah. you for that. Okay. Uh, and then the pandemic shut us down. So I haven't seen you in a while. But um, all right, so so you have a going concern, and has your company grown in the pandemic, or have you just gotten by, or how are you doing? Uh, we're doing okay, man. We uh, we actually grew, um, but it didn't start off that way. So uh, Maryland got shut down in mid March of 2020, and. Um, it kind of snuck up on us. Uh, our governor did the right thing, but he did it rather quickly. So, um, you know, a lot of folks had asked me shortly after that, like, wow, you guys must be making a killing with all these companies working from home. And I said, you know, not really, because it, we basically had like 24 hours notice. So uh, 
shocking number of our clients just came up with a plan and did it and didn't call oh, without you without us. Yeah. It's, I guess everybody was in such a state of panic that they just did something, you know, it's like, all right, everybody to, to pick up your computers and, and go home, you know? And so we did get a little bit of business uh, later from the people that did a very bad job executing that. But uh, for the most part, people just kind of did their own thing. So I, you know, I often like to joke that if, uh, if our governor, governor Hogan, had given everybody two weeks notice, we would have made a killing, <laughs> but, uh, but he didn't. So it didn't work out. So for us, it was pretty wild. Tell me, Carl, if, if you noticed this with the industry as a whole, but for us, you know, our, our clients fell into basically one of three buckets. They were shut down temporarily for a few months. They were uh, put out of business, unfortunately. A handful, um, yeah. And then just about the rest of our clients we're operating in some sort of reduced capacity, which really did directly affect their IT needs negatively from our perspective. So we, uh, we got hit you know, six ways from Sunday. And I've, uh, I've always focused the practice on size of company rather than a particular industry. Mm -hmm. And in part, because I, you know, I don't want to be knee deep in the dental industry and then something disrupts that industry. Um, but it never occurred to me that something could disrupt small business in general, which is what right. So we, uh, we lost, dude, we lost two and a half years of business development in one quarter. Wow. Which I think possible. You know, you're always cognizant as a business owner that things could take a nosedive, but that's just a nosedive I, I was never prepared for. So, uh, you know, kept the nose to the grindstone and, and working it and, uh, after that awful quarter, um, we went on to have our best month in company history in June, and then what turned out to be the second best month in company history in July, and we finished way up for the year, you know? So, so, was so what was the bounce back? Was it new business? Was it people who said, oh, we went home and, and did it wrong, and now we need you to come in and fix it? You know what I think it was, is uh, government money making its way through the system. Oh, well, there's that. You know, so there, there was some of that. Um, CMMC was starting to grow legs around the same time. So that, that, that certainly helped. We're, uh, we're not government contractors, but we have a number of clients who are, given where we are in the country. So that helped a bit. Um, i trying to think if there's anything else. The, uh, you know, it, it's funny. I, I, Tell me if this happened to you personally. I, I know it, it changed things in my universe. So for a while there, I couldn't go out and eat. Oh, right. So I'm like, oh, man, I got like all this money. <laughs> <laughs> so I ran out and bought a really expensive watch. You know, I was like, well, you know. And I feel like our clients are kind of doing that too. You know, they, they couldn't spend money where they oftentimes would. And they're like, well, maybe we should go ahead and pull the trigger on getting those new computers. Or, all right, we're going to finally buy that new server. So I think that coupled with the government money kind of really, really helped out a lot. Yeah. Well, I think where I saw government money flow was in March of 2021, when, uh, for whatever reason, I was looking at sales and I'm like, why are they so high? Was this some weird thing I didn't know about? What's going on? And, you know, Kara said, oh, well, it could be that government money. And I'm like, I, I don't know. And I literally started picking up the phone and calling people and saying, hey, why did you do this? Why did you spend this money? And over and over again, it was like, well, we, we've got all this extra money from the government, so we're going to figure out how to spend it. 
but maybe it was in June and July that the uh, PPP money hit. Yeah, that could be it. Yeah, so I feel like it. it, it help. It's funny that seems so long ago. I almost forgot about it. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. Tell me about it. So our our big uh, claim to fame is I was like, wow. So we had a banner year, and that's fantastic. But are we going to be able to keep it up? Yeah. And the preliminary numbers are looking like yeah. So that's great, you know. Well, I certainly wish you an excellent year, 2022. So, um, so let me turn briefly to the uh, the association, the National Society of IT Service Providers. So you applied for the board and got accepted. Uh, tell me why you want to be part of that organization. Sure. Uh, well, you don't need me to tell you this, but our industry needs a consolidated voice, like real bad. You know, we need, there's politicians trying to, you know, muscle into our industry and they don't know what they're doing. Um, we've got probably one of the least informed client bases of any industry, you know, and it's just, I'm not, just to be clear, I'm not a big government regulation guy, generally speaking, but um, it's a little weird how unregulated this industry is. If you think about like what we do and, and, and what we have our hands in and what would happen if we had say a dishonest employee and all the shenanigans associated with that. Um, so, uh, you know, I thought it was really important to, to get involved and to make sure that this organization represents the industry the way it should be represented. Well, I hope so. <laughs> I hope that's where we're headed. I mean, that's obviously the goal. Um, so uh, on the board, uh, you've been in there from the beginning. And, and uh, what, do you, what are your impressions of how the board is working and how the organization is beginning to take shape? Sure. Uh, well, I'll tell you, man, this is quite the time commitment. I didn't realize it would be so involved. So, and I, and I think my experience is probably pretty representative of all the board members. So we have um, an hour long meeting. That's always an hour um, every week. <laughs> and uh, you know, I'm on one committee. It seems like each board member is on at least one committee. So that's another hour per week, um, not counting emails and discussions and just thought process. You know, I've got homework from uh, Larry I'm actually going to get to when you and I part ways today. So it's like, there's a lot of, there's a, a lot of effort. And, you know, I've done quite a bit of um, board type of activity over the years in chambers of commerce and business and leadership organizations, the Better Business Bureau. I've done a lot of board stuff and every board's different, but, you know, for the most part, there's a lot of similarities. And my experience here is a little different because I didn't, never really thought about it before, but I've never been a part of an organization for me. And boy, oh boy, is there a lot more effort and thought. And, <laughs> you know, there, there's a lot that goes into this. Um, but, uh, you know, so, some other little, I don't think this has come up in our discussions, but it absolutely should. Every organization I've ever been a part of from a leadership perspective has to some degree they all have the same problem, and that is board engagement. Oftentimes, you get 20, 25% of the board is really rolling their sleeves up and making things happen, 
75% is not. They're padding their resume or making their LinkedIn profile look better, but that's about all they're really doing. Right. And, um, you know, some organizations have this problem worse than others, but they all have them. This organization does not have that problem. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's, well, give us 10 years, you know. <laughs> Fair enough. But I'm really impressed. I didn't think this was, I, did, I just assumed that this was just not a possibility because I've seen it time and time and time again, you know, and it's, right. you know, good, good, you know, upstanding organizations, they got talented board members, you know, it's not, it's not the recruitment. It's just for whatever reason, you know, people can mentally check out. I was, I was on a call earlier today with a different organization where uh, we had scratched the uh, December monthly meeting because of the holidays. And we kind of figured we were humming along good. We didn't really need it. And the, uh, the CEO is like, that was a mistake. We should we should have had a, a board meeting. With your indulgence, we're on the chair of that organization. She said, "Let's just never do that again. Let's just always have a meeting in December." And I said, "Okay, you know, no big deal." And then I started thinking about it. I was like, "Well, let me just play devil's advocate real quick. What if we did just? I mean, for the issues that came up, couldn't we have just sent some uh, some email, you know, and just kind of debated it that way?" And she's like, "No, because people would have filed it away. They wouldn't have responded, and so on and so forth." And she's right. That was nope. accurate. You know, it, whereas in this organization, I wouldn't worry too much about that. Everybody is really trying to make something special here, you know, and um, I don't know. I'm just getting a really big kick out of, uh, of all that enthusiasm, to be honest with you. Well, and I have to say, with the committees that we have and the board that we have, <clears throat> I have been amazed and very pleasantly surprised at the talent you know, you, you go to a meeting like, oh, uh, in the formation committee, oh, well, this guy is a professional parliamentarian, right? <laughs> this, you know, here's somebody who, uh, you know, is great with the finances. Here's somebody who, you know, helps boards uh, do what we're trying to do. You know, it's like one thing after another. There's, you know, and, and it, I guess I knew some of this from some of the people, but just generally the IT community is filled with business owners who have been involved in, like you said, the Rotary and Kiwanis and, you know, the Chamber of Commerce and whatever. They've been doing things like this for a long, long time for their entire careers, times thousands of people. <laughs> so our little sampling of that turns out to be a great sampling of talent on many, many fronts. So it's, uh, I, I'm just, I don't even know why I was surprised at that. I just was, and I'm very, very pleased. Yeah, same here, same here. Absolutely. Uh, pleasantly surprised. I always kind of figured myself as a fairly outgoing first person for being in the nerd industry. So I just assumed incorrectly that I was an anomaly as far as like all this engagement with all these different nonprofits, you know, and uh, everybody we've been dealing with is just like that, you know. So clearly I was wrong, <laughs> which is good. That's a good thing. And it is funny because it just casual conversations in a committee, somebody will say, well, this, this church organization that I run, blah, 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 or, you know, this, you know, our rotary does it this way. And uh, so, and, and people are super respectful. I mean, that's the thing that um, a little, a little less on Facebook and Reddit, but, you know, within our meetings, uh, we ha I, I haven't witnessed anybody getting out of line or yelling and screaming at each other or whatever. So there's a lot of people rooting for this thing to work. Yeah. So, and, and I appreciate your efforts on that behalf. So um, do you have a vision of what you 
would like to see uh, the organization look like in say another year? Uh, definitely uh, government, you know, legislation related activities on our behalf, I think is really, really important. Um, you know, I, I, I think this organization has the capability of, of doing a great job of kind of policing the industry in terms of making sure that we've got, you know, legit, good, you know, verified MSPs in the space. You know, unfortunately, anybody can call themselves an MSP. Right. And, um, you know, and there's, there's quite a difference between, I use myself as an example, a company that's been around for 22 years with a great reputation and, you know, some rogue crazy person, you know, that's just getting started, you know, that, that those are not the same thing, but the, the uneducated consumer may not be able to tell the difference. Right. And that's, I think it's really important that we establish some sort of methodology um, for promoting the good companies. Yeah. Some clients can't even spell MSP. <laughs> Sorry, that was just hanging out there. So, um, so what do you say to people who, who question, you know, is this just going to make it harder for the little, you know, the one man shop to get going or to start a new business or to be successful? You know, I think it really, it would be more of a blueprint on what needs to happen. So just as a, for instance, if we had some sort of like accreditation process, you know what I mean? We could spell it out to the people, be like, hey, you know, you should get accredited. That means you need to prove that you have errors and omissions insurance. You need to prove you're in good standing with your state, you know, whatever the process might be. And um, so really, instead of just kind of floundering around and hoping you get it right, um, there's kind of going to be like a checklist, if you will, of, hey, here's what you need to do. Because, um, you know, so much, you know what we really are, Carl? We're, we're interpreters of technology for non-technical people, which is most people. Right. You know? and, and so much of that then turns into, well, they got to freaking like you. You know what I mean? Because you're the interpreter. So there's no reason why a one or a two-person company can't go out there and make things happen, because that's certainly how my company got started. Um, and this, I think it should make it easier because they'll know what to do. You know, uh, you and I have never talked about this, but in my opinion, starting a business, no matter what industry you're in, is really hard. You know, it, yet chances are you haven't taken a lot of classes on how to do it. There's right. a whole big universe of things that you just don't know that you find out the hard way. And um, shoot, man, there's no reason why this can't make it just a little bit easier. That's true. That's an excellent point. You know, it's funny because there are some people who say, well, I don't want to get uh, certified. I don't want the government to force me to have a business license and so forth and so on. I'm like, look, <laughs> there is a right way to do this. There, there really is an, a, you know, an objective right way. When I first started my first business, I, I knew zero about how to run an actual business. And so, uh, it was actually in the process of getting my first business license. I knew I had to do that. <clears throat> That's when I discovered that there's this agency in the, in the county 
that helps businesses get started and says, oh, well, you should do this and that and talk to this person and get an accountant and make sure that you fill out this form and send that to the IRS. And I'm like, I did not know that. <laughs> so, you know, it's in every business, you don't know what you don't know. And on one hand, you know, anybody can do anything. What we've seen in the gig economy is people can make money doing just about anything you can imagine. <clears throat> but that doesn't make them successful in the long term as a business. You know, a lot of people in the gig economy are getting little tidbits, scraps that fall from other people's tables and they are not becoming wealthy by any stretch of the imagination. So I think that you can fall into running your business the wrong way and getting by and not see that if you do things a little bit differently, you can be incredibly successful. So uh, it is nice to know that so far anyway, the organization seems to be filled with people who uh, have really committed to making their own businesses great and, uh, and then want to commit to making the association great as well. Yep. A lot of talent, a lot of talent on this board. So with your business in 2022, um, are you uh, looking to uh, uh, get back into people's offices in Maryland and help them set up Zoom rooms now that they know that it exists and <laughs> all that kind of stuff? Absolutely. But, you know, it's, uh, I don't know if it's at all like this in California, but with this uh, new variant, you know, infection rates are up higher than they've ever been, which is terrifying, you know, yeah. and everything, all of my leading indicators are telling me we're about to get locked down, again, you know, at least here in Maryland. And uh, that stinks, you know? Yep. Well, one speculation, and you know, this is not a, uh, a medical show, I'm not a doctor, blah, 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 but one speculation is that there'll be newer variants that are milder and more infectious, and uh, that's where we end up is having some permanent low level of, of COVID that doesn't, you know, it's more like a cold or, or something, but uh, spreads like crazy. So who knows? It's, you know, you, you got to do your part and hope other people do their part. And that's kind of all you can hope for. Yeah. Right so um, do you have a plan to uh, grow the business another, say, 20%, 50%, 100% uh, this year? Yeah. Yeah. We always strive for um, 10 to 20% growth every year and uh, usually hit that. Um, last, what was it? 2020 was super weird. It worked out, but it was super weird. So. Right just replicating those higher revenues in 2021, I think was a home run. So um, we grew probably in the single digits, 2021 versus 2020, which normally would be bad news, but um, nah, you know. <laughs> take nah, what you can get. <laughs> take what you can get. And 2020 was just so good. You know what I mean? It was, I was really pleased to see that we've kind of stayed at that level. So, and are you, is most of your revenue uh, recurring revenue? Since I read that big, beautiful book of yours. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for that book. Wow. I've, oh. I've, I've read books that have changed my life, but that is the one that's changed it the most. Well, thank you. I need you to write that down so I can put it on the back cover of the next edition. So <laughs> when I was trying to decide if I should join your uh, community, I was like, well, yeah, I mean, if it's one tenth as valuable as the book, which it's way more than that, but even if it was just one tenth, it would be totally worth a thousand dollars a year, no question. So, 
Well, thank you. I appreciate that. So, um, and how about events? I don't know, do before the pandemic, did you attend a number of events? I know Channel Pro comes to uh, like the Baltimore area at least every other year. Uh, do you do Channel Pro and ASCII and, and events like that? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, oh man, I went to the, the, ASCII had an in-person one in DC a few months ago. Right. And um, to my shock and amazement, I was in the program. <laughs> like there's a picture of me giving a testimonial. I was like, Oh, that's so cool. And then, um, did you remember saying it? And <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, I don't remember them asking if they could do it. They probably did. I don't remember <laughs> them doing that, but of course I would, wouldn't have said no. Um, but, uh, it was real funny cause, um, you know, we specialize in the smaller, small business space, generally mm -hmm. speaking, and our industry as a whole tends to skew towards, you know, larger clients, economies of scale, you make, it makes financial sense. So, um, one of our largest lead generators is other IT companies. So um, I was talking with a uh, IT company, it was like, uh, like a mutual client. And I was like, oh, could you introduce me to them? You know, we work with a lot of IT companies. Like, yeah, absolutely. So she introduces uh, me and this guy and we set up a Zoom call and we're talking and, you know, I'm trying to, you know, trying to get to know each other. So uh, essentially you, you, you got to trust who you're referring business to. Right. So I start giving this guy my background. He's like, hold on, stop there. Did you go to the ASCII conference in DC? I said, yeah. He's like, yeah, I did too. You were in the program. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, I was. And he's like, yeah, I, I, I know who you are. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> well, hey, if it gets you business, you know, keep yeah. that program, you know. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, uh, so you went to the one just a few months ago. Does that mean that you're back to doing events as they come? For the out? most part, for the most part, you know, I was like a little Carl Jr. before the pandemic. I was going to like eight conferences or so a year. Now some of them were driving distance from here, but most of them I got on an airplane. Um, I miss that, man. Oh yeah. That, you know, it's the the last long trip I went on was when I went to California in the end of 2019. You know, that, that's craziness. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to doing more of this. And I hope, I hope this variant doesn't stymie that. I, I saw in your uh, newsletter, I guess it was yesterday. God, it feels like it's been a week already. Um, that uh, <coughs> some events are already starting to get postponed and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, IOTSA had one that was, I think, in Phoenix in maybe February. And they pushed it back to June or July. So you know, and then uh, there's a couple of others that the the RSA, the retail uh, group, they moved theirs later in the year. So uh, I applaud the optimism of those putting on shows. And I particularly applaud their negotiators because hotels do not like to give you your money back. You know, uh, I had set up to do a road show in uh, Vegas and didn't have the attendance I needed. And I called him and said, Hey, you know, uh, can I just convert that, that, <laughs> that room uh, meeting into uh, some nights at the hotel? And they were like, look, we are not going to hold you to that. You know, it's, these are weird times. And so uh, usually it's like, you know, just give me the money and shut up and <laughs> you don't hold the event. It's not our problem. So yeah, yeah. But, uh, that's yeah. an industry that's really taken it on the chin. Holy smokes. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't need my $600, well, you know, to, to put them in the hole. So they were, you know, 
but anyway, uh, well, I want to thank you for what you do. And, um, you know, if people are interested in getting a hold of you, can we put your uh, LinkedIn profile on the, uh, on yeah, the podcast? Absolutely. Yes, please. Yeah. So send me that, make sure I get that. And uh, that way folks can connect with you and, you know, what the heck, they might end up referring you some business. Do you do business outside of Maryland? Uh, we do. We do. We're uh, mostly Maryland, uh, D.C. and Virginia. But, uh, you know, depending on the circumstances, we got clients in almost every state. So uh, for, for enough money, you'll go anywhere. You got it, man. I like <laughs> to travel. Carl Jr. right here. <laughs> Excellent. Very good. Well, anything else you want to add before we go? Uh, when can we expect some Palachuk uh, events, do you think? I do not know. That is a great question. Uh, uh, I have I have tried, but of all the things people want to do, my roadshow is not top on the list. So <laughs> oh, they're missing out. Then you know, I was in I was in Rhode Island in uh, I think October, and uh, was hoping to get. I think we had six or seven states represented. So, but not as far south as Virginia and Maryland. So that's awesome. Yeah. Anyway. Very good. Thank you, sir. And uh, I look forward to seeing you at the board meetings, um, but also uh, just online in general. Sounds like a plan. All right. Thanks. Chris Barber from Cheaper Than a Geek and board member of the National Society of IT Service Providers. Thanks for being here. Thank you for tuning in to the SMB Community Podcast. If you found this useful, interesting, or fun, please subscribe, share with your friends, and give us a thumbs up on your favorite social media. Please check out the show notes at smbcommunitypodcast.com and give us your feedback.